Consistent self-improvement, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to American Gypsy Podcast. And I am Classic Carpenter, your host, and I'm here with my co-host. Gypsy. Today, we will be having a very special guest on by the name of Larissa Hale, and we're going to give her a call right now. Hello? Hey, Larissa. Yes. All right. Thank you for accepting our phone call. We are now recording live on American Gypsy Podcast. Awesome. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. And actually, to to tell you guys a little bit about my relationship with Larissa, we go back to Jackson State University. So we're um, college classmates. I never graduated. She graduated. We um, basically played in the band together or in the orchestra together and she played yeah. in the band but she's going to tell you more about her go ahead well um, I don't know where I should begin um, but I am from I was born and raised in Chicago Illinois uh, when I graduated from high school I went to Prairie View A&M University for two years and uh, long story short transferred over to Jackson State and that's where I spent 15 years living in Jackson and that's how I met you Kwame you know through mutual friends and uh getting to know you and working on music and just you know you really inspiring me um when it came to just having fun recording and just showing me that you know it doesn't take much to put on a production with music and you know for me music has always been in my life as a hobby. It was never something that I saw as a career for myself. It was just something to really just to stay out of trouble. (laughs) You know, most people, you know, try to find things to, you know, do. And music was just something that I just enjoyed starting at the age of eight. And, you know, up until now, I never thought that I would have any type of career in it. But I'm very thankful to have been able to do that. Um, and still do things that I love and having music be a part of that. So what was your first instrument of choice? My first instrument of choice, like I said, when I was eight years old, when I was in fourth grade, um, it was the alto sax. And what made me choose it was the the middle school that I went to here in Chicago. It's a, um, a private born-again Christian school called uh, Calvary Academy. And when I was in fourth grade, around 1988, telling my age, which is okay. But the band director was their first year of starting a band, you know, at a young, you know, even starting with eight-year-olds, basically. So they, it was like a Friday, and they laid out all these instruments, and they were like, you know, here's a bunch of instruments, look at them, go home, and when you come back on Monday, you know, pick the one that you want. So I went home, and I just was so happened to, was watching like Sesame Street or something, and that particular day, on that episode of Sesame Street, they were showing how to make the saxophone. Wow. So as I was sitting there watching, I was like, hmm, I want to play the saxophone. <laughs> so that Monday I chose the sax and um, started there. So in fourth grade, I played the saxophone from like fourth grade to then about seventh grade. I started kind of having an interest in the trumpet. So then I switched over to the trumpet from seventh to eighth grade. And then when I got into high school, I went back to the saxophone and... Um, Marion Catholic High School, the high school that I went to, I joined their marching band. And when I started as a freshman, uh, it was like over 300, you know, 
300 students in this band, and there were about 20, I think it was like 30 or so saxes, but they were only marching 14. So it was kind of like, as a freshman, you know, you kind of had to stand on the sideline and wait your turn. So I was like, oh, man. But one day we were we were practicing in the band hall, and the way we were set up, the saxophones were in front of the, the French horns, but I didn't know they were French horns at the time. I just would hear these warm-sounding horns behind me that looked like really big trumpets. So I asked the, um, the section leader, I was like, what is this? And she was like, it's called a French horn. And I was like, uh, is it the same fingerings as a trumpet? She was like, yeah. And they had, I think, eight French horns. Well, they're called mellophones. So they were looking for like two to four more. So I just switched over and was able to continue to march. So I played the French horn. I switched over to that. And then my sophomore year, <clears throat> I, um, I played the saxophone in jazz band, but I stuck to the French horn during the orchestra. So I just continued on like that. And when I got into college at Prairie View, I just continued with French horn. And then I did the sax with uh, the jazz band. I just kind of just continued that, got to Jackson State. Just um, <clears throat> I tried to get into the, the symphonic band. I actually got accepted, but then I had to turn it down because my classes at the time were interfering with their rehearsal time. So I was kind of devastated. So I ended up being in the orchestra playing the French horn. So, And then, you know, just having the keyboard, the piano as a hobby, creating beats and having a friend of mine who was doing music and we used to collab. And one day he had a gig at the 930 Blues Cafe and invited me, <clears throat> met Jackie Bell, who was the, the, the person that was the main singer of the, of the club saw me and was like, I want you to be my keyboard player, joined her with the house band to play with her. And it just continued to on and on and on to, you know, now, you know, playing just continuing. So <laughs> yeah, I know that was long, but that's kind of the, the journey of it. Yeah. So what was it like growing up in Chicago as like as a musician or what was the, the whole vibe? Because I know Chicago has probably changed a lot since you were born and, or at least since you were there as a youngster and the time that you live there now. What was it like? Then? Yeah. Uh, well, for me, um, well, growing up, well, what's the, what I love about Chicago is that the people, period, they just love good music. They don't necessarily care if you just have a name for yourself. If it's good, they like it, you know, and that's yeah. what that's what matters. And that's what I've loved. And, you know, just growing up in a household with parents that, you know, were very musically inclined, like, you know, listening to music, having an old school record player. You know, my mom, every Saturday morning, cleaning the house, playing Minnie Ripperton's Adventures in Paradise, you know, in the morning. And then my stepdad being a huge Broadway musical fan, having all these collections of Broadway musicals every Saturday after we would get home from doing whatever for the day. Every evening, every Saturday evening, he would play, you know, Dreamgirls, Cats, you know, and, you know, would make me even learn the songs, learn the words to these Broadway musicals and being allowed to experience those Broadway plays, so those types of influences of music kind of definitely influenced me, which is, it's all about just really good music and being in the, going to a, a, a Catholic high school that was a private school, you know, I was more so introduced in playing um, classical 
classical music like Stravinsky, Ravel, um, things like that. And, you know, getting my first taste of jazz because I really didn't know jazz until I got into my sophomore year of high school playing jazz and one o'clock jump being one of my first tunes ever learning to play and actually learning to improv and all that kind of stuff. So with growing up in Chicago, what's good about music in Chicago is that long as it's good, that's all that matters. Yeah. I had a family member there um, by the name of Phil Corinne. It was um, this uh, hypnotic brass was mm. his son's. And I can't remember exactly what area. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Are you familiar with hypnotic brass or Phil Corinne? No, no. I need to check them out. I can't though, remember. Um, I don't know the name of, I guess, the, the, the exact name of the of his organization or his band, but... I have to look mm-hmm. into that as well. But he 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 did make a, a good name for himself around Chicago as well and a lot of other places awesome. as well. He actually invented the Francophone. The who phone? The Francophone. The Francophone. Yeah. They call it something else as well. Yeah, I can't remember what they call it as well. But it's basically you play it with your thumbs, like the little xylophone type of thing that you play with your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh-huh. That was another. There was something else. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember the name of it though. But yeah, he was so the band is awesome. I can't. I used to okay. have um, used to have a CD, but I can't remember the name of the CD. Uh, okay. But I'll look into that though later on. But yeah, yeah check out Phil. Good. If you look up Phil Coran or check out Phil Coran, you'll probably see Coran, okay. stuff as far as about yeah, definitely will. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. So, what made you want to go to Jackson to um, go to school? Huh. Well, like I said, I was at Prairie View for two years. Um, and actually at the time when I was at Prairie View, I was going to study to be a veterinarian because I wanted to be a veterinarian. Really? Even I though, know that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I was ne- not necessarily good in science, science was not my strong <laughs> subject, but I have been working. I've, I've grown up with animals like all my life. And I even, one of my first jobs was working at an animal clinic at like 16 and just, you know, wow. um, working as a kennel clean. Yeah, working as a kennel cleaner and being able to just sit and observe the, the doctors and things like that. So I always kind of knew that I wanted to be a vet, but I just also knew that I was not good in science. I don't know how it was going to work. Did you know that but I did luckily, two years in pre-vet when I was at Jackson State and then changed my major to music? Organic chemistry is no. basically what booted me on out of there. I didn't even know Jackson State had a pre-vet program. I yeah. Because when I came to Jackson State, I basically... It was pre-med, basically, yeah. But yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I was familiar with the pre-med, but yeah. but um, So I was studying there, but like I said, I was um, I was kind of struggling with those classes, especially, especially my lecture. I was good at the uh, in the lab, like the, the organic chemistry and all that. When it came to the lab, I was good, but when it came to the lecture, it was kind of kicking my butt. But um, I, that's what I wanted to do, and my goal was to really to go to... Um, um, Purdue, and then I was like, okay, maybe Michigan State, but in my grades, I was like, oh, man, you need at least a 3-5, so luckily, uh, Tuskegee, they, you know, their veterinary program, they only required you to have a 2.7 to get in, I was like, okay, if I can at least get a 2.7, I have the hands-on experience, so if I can get in with that 2.7, I'll be good. So anyway, time passes, but then there was having financial issues um, being there, so, you know, the money that I had was, you know, not going to the right places. And when it came to the end of my sophomore year, when it was time to register again for <clears throat> my junior year, 
it doesn't matter a preview if you own the penny or a thousand dollars, whatever amount you owe, if you didn't pay it, you couldn't register. So mm. it was all these issues so I couldn't register. So I had the choice of either going back home to Chicago to wait out what was ever gonna be or transfer over to Jackson State because I had a, a friend of the family who was going there <clears throat> and he was like, you know, you can come to Jackson State and kind of just, you know, pick up where you left off. But even as I was getting to that point in my sophomore year, I was like looking at my grades. I was like, okay, I got to do something different. Um, so I always, I was always good at English. So I was like, okay, if it don't work out, I'm just going to major in English and teach English, hopefully college English. So long story short, when I got to Jackson State, I um, I just went on ahead. So I just I didn't want to I didn't want to go back to Chicago because I didn't want to miss any school, and I was afraid that sitting out I wouldn't want to go back. So I just wanted to keep the energy going of yeah. school and la la la. Came to Jackson, changed my complete major to English with a concentration in education, and just you know wrote out the rest of that, and uh, you know. <laughs> so how <laughs> that's how I got to Jackson with, State. Um, you worked with the radio station there, right? Yeah, when I when I transferred over to Jackson State, I, I came to Jackson State in 2001, but I didn't actually get with the radio station until about 2003 because I was just um, still trying to get the lay of the land and, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do with classes and, you know, just changing my whole, you know, mindset of what I wanted as my career. So, because when I was at Preview, the end of my sophomore year, I actually was going to, my plan was to, my junior goal back and joined the radio station at Preview because theirs was all about, it was a, for the students and by the students. So the guy that was there, he was like, you know, when you come back for the next semester, just, you know, holler at me and we'll get started. That never happened. So, you know, got to Jackson State and a few years passed and I hadn't thought about it. But just one day, once I had finally gotten everything kind of under control, I was like, oh, yeah that radio thing. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that Jack State had a radio station. So I went on over there. Bobby, uh, Bobby Trussell at the time was the program director. And I just told her I wanted to be, I actually just went over there cause I wanted to learn being an engineer, <laughs> but Dr. Trussell was like, well, that's fine, but I'm going to put you on the air. And I was like, I don't want to be on the air, but <laughs> had no choice. So it just kind of, you know, went from there. So what was it like your like your first few episodes where you like super nervous? It took you a little time to get into it because I know even just like this oh. feels like radio, and we, we're taking a little time to get into it ourselves. So, <laughs> you know, just to, to get a couple of pointers from you. Uh, yeah, uh, most definitely was definitely nervous. Like I did not like I said I didn't want to be on the air. I wanted to be the engineer in the background, learning all the behind the scenes stuff. But she was like, that's fine, but we're going to put you on the air. So that's what she did. But she taught me. And, you know, so since I was going to be on there, you know, I would listen to myself. And I was like, I don't like the way I sound because I didn't want to be on there. Because growing up, I'm, I was always teased about my voice. Like having, I was always called the squirrel voice and da-da-da-da-da. So I was like, squirrel mm. voice? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So I was always teased of having like a squirrel voice. So I was like, I can't be on here sounding like no squirrel. So I just want. I just said, you know, what kind of voice do I want to have? And you know, you don't hear many women that are on air with a low, sexy voice like the women, like Kathleen Turner. She's like, what? She's one of my favorite actresses. But what I loved about her is her her deep tone. You know, just natural. And 
So I started listening more to these women that had these low tone, sexy voices. And even one of my favorite movies at the time was uh, Girl Six. And the girl, the main character, you know, her name was Lovely. So I was like, that's what I want to sound like. I just wanted, you know, a deep and sexy voice. So I just started to practice being in that tone. You know, most people work out their bodies. I spent my years working, working out, out voice. the voice that I wanted. So and I, when, when I finally was able to work at Jackson State and work at the radio station and have my students, you know, I began to teach them the same thing. You know, I would make them listen to themselves raw off top. And I would let them judge it themselves. I'm like, if you're riding in the car and you came on with that voice, you know, what would you think about that person? They'd be like, oh, da 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 I don't like this. I would change this. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. Go home, think about that. Think about how you want to sound and then begin to practice that. But don't just practice inside the studio. You have to practice even outside of the studio. So if you're around your friends, if you're around your family, you know, when we're around friends, we're around family. When we're around different groups of people, we have a different voice for each kind of group. So if you are wanting to shape your voice for, you know, basically, you know, making your face for radio, that's why they say the face of radio is your voice. So you have to practice that all the time, no matter who you're around, family, friends, be consistent. That's the only way it's going to develop. So even if you have friends and they, you start articulating and getting, you know, the, the, the being articulate, you may get people to tease you that, oh, you sound all like this. I always told them, you know, take it as a compliment. That's just letting you know the progress that you're making because you do have to be articulate being on air, you know, so because people don't have your face and then they visualize you based off how you sound at the same time you have to be understood and still deliver the message of the song the facts whatever you're saying on air needs to come across in a clear and concise way very good tips for us because we should have called you first before and my wife actually is on the, the um air as well gypsy is on the air i forgot to awesome. yes. sorry yeah so yeah, we're Wonderful. both wor- working on our radio voice. So yeah, yeah, especially when, <laughs> you know, just I, I've go ahead, actually I'm sorry. had a cousin give me a feedback the other day. He's like, you need a, a little pep in your in your voice, and you know, I was like, you well, know what? I mean, I'm I'm just getting started, and it will you know pick up as we go, and and this is a new role for me, so. But that is her natural yeah. voice as well. Though. But I she do want to stay. And it's a, it's a very nice voice. Time, it's, so. Yeah, and just know as you get older, just the just aging will drop your voice naturally. Men, you already kind of have a natural base in your voice because you speak from your chest. You know, most women we we speak from our throat and our nasal. So like, oh my god, da da da. You know, <laughs> my mom tells it's me up that in, all the time. <laughs> it's up in there, but the older you get, the more it drops into your chest. And that's where the base comes. That's where the resonation comes. It's almost kind of like. Uh, you know, when you sing, you know, it's from the diaphragm, but it's also from the chest. So if you if you kind of know what you want to sound like, who cares about what people want you to sound like? What's comfortable for you when you listen to yourself and you if you did not know yourself when you heard yourself, what would, what do you think and what do you want to expect what you hear when you're speaking? So once you figure out that, practice that. And then once you practice the sound that you've gotten, then all it is now is just being able to read um, 
whatever you're speaking about or whatever you're talking about. You know, it's it's all of that wrapped in together. But the more you do it, the more you practice, the more it becomes effortless. The same way LeBron can effortlessly do a layup or a slam dunk. They make it look effortless like a, because uh, they practice it so much. Effortless. So it's, it's it's the same concept. Okay, okay. So I got to talk with, say it from my chest a little bit more. No, <laughs> I mean, but but you yeah. are you automatically do because as a, as men, men, you all that's why they like put some bass in your voice. Well, you know, I boy, and, you know. characters when I get on the mic. It's like I it's, it's different characters. So it's like even the way the roadcaster set up, it, it's already basically EQ'd and compressed to give you that radio sound. So as soon as we start talking, is you sound like that. And you kind of, you know, yeah. Oh, you, thank you for tuning in to the eight o'clock session. <laughs> uh, we like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You got it's, the technology that can help. But at the same yeah. time, you know, because even the students that I taught that were working and that were, you know, volunteering at the radio station, a lot of them went on to be like anchors and newscasters and working in news and, you know, they are because they were uh, mass communication. So, work you know volunteering at the radio station and you know for me it was good having a minor degree in journalism and but having a degree in english utilizing those concepts because even though i was not traditionally in the classroom i still got a chance to utilize uh, my educational skills being at the radio station because it was my job to teach these students yes radio yes the background of, of jazz but also being the best communicators in whatever field they chose. So, you know, they would come back after they graduate, you know, working for TV stations or, you know, uh, being producers and things like that and just saying, you know, Larissa, that really helped me just in whatever I was doing. And so for me, that was the, the what brought joy to me because I'm more of a, I'm an educator at heart. So any knowledge that I have, I'm all about sharing it. It's not about, oh, look what I know. No, it's about... Yeah. You know, trying to is educating you to be the best of whatever you want to be. Okay, so we're gonna have to have you in on a very regular scheduled program. Awesome! I was, I would love that because yeah, we that's kind of what this is about too. From uh, really us learning from a lot of people as well, along with a lot awesome. of other people learning while we learn. Definitely, so, most definitely. Yeah, awesome. we definitely, and I definitely, you know. From I got so many questions and so much stuff that I, I want to talk about. One, because you spent time in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. Along with, you're from Chicago. Yes. We live in L.A. Right. Now, it's, we have a lot to discuss from the comparison in gang violence from L.A. and Chicago to mm -hmm. the comparison in music to the comparison in weather <laughs> yeah. in post-pandemic yeah. what's going on and yeah. everything really and then uh -huh. i would like to educate chicago and los angeles on what we both experienced while living in mississippi and definitely the difference between the opportunities that are here mm -hmm. where we live now versus yeah. in mississippi mm -hmm. and things that can you know that can be benefited from both sides from people from LA oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, considering investing in Mississippi from people in Chicago considering investing in Mississippi from people in Mississippi considering moving and investing to Chicago and people from Mississippi considering moving and investing in Los Angeles as well. Those, yeah. those types of open people's brain up to 
Yeah. Possibility. Yeah, we could talk for that's a whole bunch of episodes. <laughs> that, yeah. And you know, we we this is this is us. This is our platform. This is what it's about. This is what we do. Awesome. We would love to have yeah. you, you know, in person as well. But it sounds just as great as far as from here. And is whenever you let us know We'll call you every day and do a podcast because we got so much material and so much stuff stuff to talk about. But you know, yeah. I don't want to overdo it with you. But no, you let us know because we will. Yeah, this is nothing. And this, I'm not saying we're going to bring it to an end either. No, we got as as much time you got tonight to talk about. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Time. So I'm you know, as long out. as you want to talk to me, I'll talk to you. <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're not closing out no time soon. Just let me know when you're done. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not closing out. We can get to start talking about stuff right now. Okay, so. Los Angeles. Have you ever been to Los Angeles? I have once. Um, I was, when I was working for FEMA the first time, I was deployed out there. I was working the wildfire, so I spent three months there. Best three months of my entire life to this day. Because <laughs> I had wow. spent, um, I spent my, I spent Thanksgiving, my birthday, Christmas, and New Year's what year in was L.A. This? Um, 2008 to 2009, it was the end of 2008 going into 2009. And, um, I was in Pasadena, so I spent three months there and I love, I just love California period. I love the West coast because even just growing up before I even was out there, I, my friends would always, people would always either ask me, was I either from California or was I from New Orleans or like Louisiana? I always got the two i was like i'm from neither so but just over time in my life people always just i just got along with people that were from the west coast and i'm a big mountain person you know i'm all about the mountains and the water and just the people i just felt like i vibed with people from the west coast i've been for the longest you know focusing on you know settling on the west coast you know, preferably, hopefully, Oakland. It was Denver, but you know, looking at Oakland or the Bay Area, but just heading west. You want to do so Southern when, California, especially if you love oh, the okay. water. You definitely want to do Southern California. But I also love cold weather, so that's oh, kind of yeah, why I was too. looking at um, you know Denver and things like that because I like my snow and I like my cold. I don't like heat too much. That's why I kind of was upset Wait, when I'm not you, upset. You do know they got the the mountains out here as well, though. Yeah, I that's, do. That's but the big no. thing that they tell you you can go skiing and and uh, was it surfing in the same day? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's even here. better. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's you know, I wanted somewhere. I didn't want it to be. I I wanted to be kind of a consistent, no hotter than seventy five degrees, and you know, it could be cold as it wants to be. But you know, I just didn't want to live in heat where it was more than like seventy five degrees. So I know Oakland has a good summer of 75 degrees and the coldest that it gets is maybe like 30 or 40 it says so i'm good yeah. with that so yeah we haven't spent much time up there um my wife has family up there or, or gypsy has family up there but yeah i haven't um i've been up there maybe what all of two days yeah okay probably Likewise. about two days yeah yeah, I haven't been out there, but, you know, my goal is to, you know, get out there and really see, but it's just, that's where I want to settle. So I've just kind of been setting my mind and, you know, setting everything that in that direction. But I'm allowing the ancestors to guide me. If they want me there, they'll get me there. But right now I'm where I need to be in Chicago. So, you know, I'm good with that for now. <laughs> yeah. So is most of your family from Chicago? 
Yes, they are. We're, how many, how we're, many generations we're, do you go back? Uh, well, my grandmother, she will be actually 98 in February. Um, and she's still kicking and going strong. You know, she, she, she acts like she's like 20 years younger than what she really is. And, you know, when you talk to her, it's almost kind of like, like, I mean, she, she does well for herself. She can move around, take care of herself. You know, my aunt does, we all take our turns and, you know, taking care of her, but you know, she has primarily my aunt that takes care of her, but she gets around very, very good. And my eldest cousin, um, She's 10 years older than me, and then it's me. So it's a, we're small but mighty, and we're filled with lots of women that are very strong and independent. So not many men in, the, in, in, in our family, and if they are, they're very young, and they're just coming around now, you know, one's getting ready to go to high school, and one's only about five years old, and there's another one, and um, it's in his early 20s, so it's not many. But we're small, but we're mighty, but we're strong, and we're, we're united, and even though we're individuals, anytime any of us is needed for something we're always there but we still maintain our independence so um i come from a long line of strong independent women so your elder that's 98 she was raised in chicago Mm -hmm. she is the youngest of five and all my great aunts are no longer here um so my grandmother is the last of them so i'm kind of like the main one of the family that always enjoys hearing stories because she's very my grandmother's a pisces so she's very informative she loves to talk and she's very has a great she's a great conversationalist i mean she's entertained her and my grandfather would entertain at their home back in the 70s they had a bar in their basement they'd be playing music folks come over in neighborhood and (laughs) entertain so you know my grandmother is very good at socialize she's definitely a socialite (laughs) so i learned if you ever want to you know entertain us and when you're around her and want to record a a podcast conversation with her and her she can educate us on some stuff and tell us a story at a few hey we're open for it she would love that i mean because uh my great-grandmother uh died when she was 14 so luckily uh my great-aunts her older sisters were older than her and so they took her under her wing so this was back in the 20s you know during the depression and things like that um and but luckily my Yeah, and luckily my great-aunts, you know, one of my great-aunts used to, like, you know, dance with, like, Duke Ellington and, you know, dance in the clubs, and but all the way to, you know, being maids that were washing the clothes for, you know, the people, you know, just making livings as best as they could, but they took care of my grandmother, and if it wasn't for them, she probably would have been in a foster home and, you know, in foster care, but they didn't let her, they, they didn't take her away because they stepped in and took care of her, and my grandmother took care of them, and each of their every way. And I was fortunate enough to, I was probably one of the last ones to really get to have any type of close time with them. You know, the rest of my cousins, other than my eldest cousin, you know, didn't really get a chance to be around them or see them because, you know, they had already passed on by the time they had come around. So I was probably one of the last ones to be able to spend time with, especially like my Aunt Myrtle, who babysat me a lot when my mom had to work and things like that. So how she took care of me and, so uh, I'm very grateful to have had that time, and I try to hold their, you know, what they taught me, just their presence and sustaining that. And my grandmother being the last of them, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, we've been doing a little um, uh, lineage um, tracing, and it's, it's, it's quite interesting what you find. You know. 
Mm-hmm. It is quite interesting what you what you find in the so, genetics of the collective superheroes in your family. Yeah, definitely. I definitely have some super women. <laughs> I say it's a lot easier if everybody grew up in in Chicago. Hey, what'd you say? I said it's probably a lot easier tracing it if you're all you know if you all grew up in in Chicago for. Well, I mean, a lot of it has been my grandmother, you know, over the years, like she, she was, she's very big on, you know, knowing who your family is and knowing your history. So she, you know, does her best anytime any of us are around. She, you know, never takes the time not to not tell something about somebody in our family or what she went through growing up and things like that. So, you know, it, it was, uh, it, it definitely is something that needs to be recorded and put down in the book because she has a story to tell and it needs to be recorded okay well yeah just definitely let us know when you know when you want to set something up you know when you're okay. just in your presence you can give us a call and we'll set it up you know we'll sit and enjoy it she would it. love that yeah. she would love that yeah. yeah so that's awesome that's awesome we're getting a lot yeah. of good things this is like episode what is this episode six six Episode okay. six. So we're, you know, we're getting the ball rolling. We're feeling our way out through things. It's it's a, an amazing experience, you know, even just to have the setup and mm-hmm. it's a brand new dream. You know, a couple of years ago, this equipment didn't exist. The whole podcast mm-hmm. world didn't exist. Of course, you had the radio. So that's basically kind of what this feels like, like um, yeah. at, at home radio. But <laughs> yeah, talk radio. Right. Yeah, talk radio. But this is something, that, and you even know that a goal that I have been trying to build up to, just to have a platform to to put my music out. Oh, what's funny, Larissa? I consider myself retired from music right now. <laughs> what? I don't believe it. I street Say perform. So. I street perform, but I don't mm-hmm. really take gigs, and I haven't oh, okay. been doing any collaborating with artists. What? But I haven't even I made a beat since like the beginning of the year either. Girl, hurry up! What? The last one I yeah. You got someone sitting up in there that? Oh, I, you know, it's a whole chamber that I, and the creativity. Whenever it happens <laughs> yeah. like this, yeah, it's just a build up of creativity that once I sit down mm-hmm. and release, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a nice wave. But it's mm-hmm. been a complete different peace of mind, not having to think about the industry oh and, yeah and, yeah you know been kind I mean, of um, go ahead i'm sorry no go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead i would say it's just you know it's, it's been on your mind for so many years and a lot of people don't realize it you know if you've been pursuing a living in you know making music yeah it's like a, i it's, said it, it was a hobby for me and it turned into a career i wasn't expecting it to be where it is right now and you know my experiences i i never expected that i just saw myself playing in a symphony or in a a broadway orchestra you know playing in a symphony in the summertime every year playing the french horn or playing in an orchestra at a broadway musical or something playing in the pit that's what i saw i didn't see all this playing with groups and i never saw myself playing in the orchestra after (laughs) after jackson state I never saw my, I was like, even just period, even growing up, it was like, yeah, once I get to a certain point, this shit here is going to, oh, wait. 
Well, yeah, but you know, there's a difference between those types of musicians. You know, you have the ones exactly. that are musicians that hustle and they eat with what their music and things like that, and they don't get a check or you know, it it's a meal to meal type of hustle. And for me, that just I it's not that I didn't I didn't want that. You know, for me. It was just a favorite pastime, just, you know, making my own little beats and improv and on top of it and, you know, going and playing it for people. You know, I didn't really, you know, oh, I got to do this and I got to be this. And, uh-uh. you know, but I didn't really I, learn what a producer was until I got to college. A music really? producer. Yeah. That's how far I was. In, your tail in, off. But that's how far I was in into um, vet. Oh, OK. I got you. Mm-hmm. Different mindset. Then, right, uh, I feel you. But the music creativity was there, and it kind of was fired up from a cousin. Okay. Over some instrumental tracks that I made when I was at at Power APAC. Okay. Okay. So it's a funny, it was a funny move that led to producing. But after you know, after the Kanye dropout, well, really just the Kanye whole. What a music producer. Oh, bro, you're a music producer. You make beats, basically. So somebody else had to let me know that I was a music producer. Oh, that's what music producers do, I guess. So, And, you know, that's the switch came from you can't survive in organic chemistry to (laughs) I changed my major to music and my my GPA went up and I was being exempt from freshman classes because some of the stuff they were learning as freshmen, I learned it in middle school at Power APAC, at Performing Arts School. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, but they didn't have the major that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I feel you. So. Yeah, like Kanye, I said, I thought I was going to be Kanye, a teacher. That's when Kanye influence was, was premium. College dropout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. Pro- music that's producer, one of my favorite albums. College dropout. That was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. That's what's up. Yeah. But I mean, you you are to me more than what Kanye was. Yeah, he was a producer, but you are more than just that. You sing, oh, you yeah. write, you you play instruments. Like You are more than just the beat part. It's just one little aspect to everything that encompasses you, which makes you even more remarkable and more extraordinary than... You know, yes, I give my props to Kanye, but still you encompass more. You can do more and you play instruments in a way and you sing and you write in a way that is the world needs to hear because it is very unique. It is very touching. It is very moving. It is it's very empowering and it's all coming from your soul and it's honest and it's truthful. And, you know, so, you know, that he may have been the spark for you, but you are much more and far greater than that. I appreciate it. I'm going to have to edit that part out. You're going to get me assassinated. I'm out here in LA. I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing, I'm not dissing Kanye or no one else. I'm just speaking about you. You know, I'm not saying, you know, whether you're better or not, but I just, I'm just saying that you have more to offer in the industry, being so well-rounded and cultured with the instrument. You play the cello. And you play hip hop beats with your cello. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't see that. You know, we had Alice Coltrane and, you know, you know, Dorothy Ashby and things like that. You know, people playing. That's what I loved about jazz. You know, I would love to play artists that use instruments that weren't necessarily associated in jazz, like the harp and the French horn and, you know, instruments like that. You have the cello. That is 
that's awesome. You know, you have Lizzo today with the flute, you yeah. know, incorporating, you know, classical instrumentation into hip hop. So you're taking, you're come, you're really keeping the roots of hip hop because hip hop and all of that are the roots of classical music, jazz and, uh, blues and gospel and all of that, you know, that's just the topping part. So you are able to go into many realms with the music. You're not stuck in one category. You can do much. So like I said, I'm not, like I said, there's no diss to Kanye and I'm, and I'm not dissing him. All I'm saying is that, yes, that's great that he was a spark for you, but it was a spark to ignite a power that is remarkable and what is carrying the future of music. Appreciate that. I really do. Really no problem. I mean, that's just real talk, just honesty. So you know, if they if they mad, tell them to come talk to me because you know, it ain't about you know <laughs> nothing but just that's the truth. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate it, but yeah, you know, the music it is there. I'm we'll be releasing some stuff. Um, yeah, you know, I always keep beats coming. You know, I try to keep the beats. Coming. <laughs> I know, and I always look forward to We've them. Turned it, we, I, hope, I can't wait know. till I can get on with them again. Like I miss collaborating with you. So yeah, I, I meant to that. ask that. What, what? So what are you doing right now? As far as what kind of work what, do you do now? Well, I work for FEMA right okay, now. Right now. Um, yes, and um, and I still have the radio station, Blue Wolf Radio. Still do that. So I like having the both. Like I. For me, I'm somebody that needs the left brain stimulation as well as creative stimulation, the right brain. Like, I just can't stay in one side for a long time. I need the both. So FEMA, working for the government, gives me that um, left brain stimulation in the challenging way that I need. And Blue Wolf Radio and the music gives me that creative outlet as well. So it's a good balance when I've worked the day trying to help people you know, help get them assistance with, you know, going through a devastating, you know, disaster, you know, hearing people's stories and, you know, trying to help them get assistance and then having the music to relax and, you know, being able to, even though it's work for that, but it's more of a relaxing work that I can just, you know, continue the the creative side to give me that balance. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. I have the similar, like, outlet. I need, like, the tech stuff. The web development gives me, like, the, you know, one type yeah. of stimulation and the um, photography and the um, video editing and things like that give me, like, the creative outlet. So I can definitely yeah. understand the balance. Yeah, most definitely. Like I said, I, I just, you know, music was always that just extracurricular activity, but, you know, my family has always taught us, you know, to have your bread and butter. And then if you want to do the other stuff, that's fine. If that turns into your bread and butter, fine. But always have something grounded and stable that you can fall back on and still pursue what you love. So I've just kind of held on to that mentality. And, you know, but for me, just just for me, just being me, I need both. And since we're actually talking about the radio station go ahead and give us the like more promo style information about your radio station so people that viewers and listeners can uh well, not well viewers, they but can listeners they can check you out <laughs> yeah listeners can check you out yeah they can go to uh blue wolf dot airtime dot pro it's online 
24-7, predominantly jazz on my radio station geared toward elevating your vibration. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, it's music that tells a story. Uh, it's I, I say it's predominantly jazz, and that adverb predominantly is important because it's not all jazz. It's predominantly jazz, but it's not all jazz. It's all different styles of music telling a story that's about elevating um and uplifting you and inspiring you. It's about love. It's telling the story. You know, if you think about music, especially when there's vocals, there's only two people speaking, a man and a woman, and telling the story. Every song is about a moment in time, whether it's three minutes, ten minutes, however long. It's a moment in time about a, a particular situation, environment, whatever. So if you take a bunch of those and you line it all up together, you can create a story Based off all of that, it's kind of like just a movie script. A movie script are lines, you know, well thought out, specific dialogue, plot. There's a beginning, middle, and end. Same with the the way Blue of Radio is. It's an ongoing story. So no matter what when, what time you tune into it, you're coming in as if when you turn on the TV and there's a show on, you come in on a particular scene you know, you're kind of getting an idea of what's going on, and depending on the scene, you can kind of know what has already gone on and what's potentially to come. So, you know, for me, I try to, when I create the playlist, it's telling a story, so you have a whole week to hear that story. It's like having a television show, and you have the whole week to catch it. So if you can't catch the first, if you can't catch it in its entirety, no matter what time you come in on it, you're somewhere in the story. So you have that week, and then the next week, it starts. Uh, it tells a new story. It's still continuing, but it's still telling a new story, kind of like soap operas. <laughs> That's dope. That's, That's really a neat dope. idea. How how did you come up with the concept, or like what inspired that? Um. About, because again, it's about elevating the vibration, so it's about putting out a message. And music in itself has a vibrational frequency. You know, our ancestors, you know, could heal, would heal Mm -hmm. before surgery. Surgery was the last thing, but you can heal somebody of sicknesses and all types of things just by the frequency of music. And, you know, for so much of the music that is out, playing that is more in the mainstream is really kind of on a low vibrational frequency Mm -hmm. meant to keep the energy low. So that's why jazz was so tried to be outlawed because jazz is, was all about vibration and waking up the people and opening that, um, you know, shaking off all that stuff on the, the pineal, the pineal gland, opening the crown chakra, allowing the spiritual messages to come down so they, you know, our oppressors knew that jazz had that power because it was, because jazz itself is created out of Congo Square, out of New Orleans, you know, out of the the African, uh, the drums and the, the griot, the messages of being strong and then it's, you know, evolved into jazz and so that's why jazz was so looked down upon and tried to be outlawed because they knew it was healing. Music is healing, you know, so Anything un- above 420, what is it, 422 megahertz, you know. And if you think about certain music, how it makes you feel, like artists that sing about uplifting and joy has a particular sound and then it's played in a particular key. And that particular sound and that particular key vibrating on a frequency 
can either can, you know, heal the cells within your body just on the frequency of the music. So that's why they tell you if you're in a bad mood, listen to happy music because that happy music is in a key that's on a vibrational frequency that opens up that uh, energetic frequency to be uplifted. Yeah, yeah I've definitely seen so, like documentaries about that where scientists are using it to kind of heal people from like cancer and different things. Um, I think it was like hundred. It was a really high hertz, um, like. 10, yeah. 000. So, like, even. Oh, I'm sorry. I I no, can barely no, hear ahead. you in the background. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was saying I've seen documentaries about how they can heal people with um, sounds, different frequency sounds. So I definitely believe in that. Yeah. So you know that's what I'm thinking about, and because even my mom, who's a nurse. She would play blue radio, you know, with her patients. She wouldn't have it loud, but it would be turned down very low. And she was the one that kind of was like my my feedback in how the music was because, you know, she's a phlebotomist. So these are, you know, she draws people's blood. And, you know, people don't like needles and stuff. Whether it's kids, it don't matter, you know. So the music of blue of radio just playing so low in the background, they may not have known what song was on, but they could feel the frequency of what was being put out in the air from the music so it would help calm them a lot of times sometimes they'd be like well what is that you're listening to and my mom would pop out a card but a lot of times you know if they didn't say anything they their whole energy would you know be more calming so it made her job easier to draw blood from people because they were already in this relaxed state but they didn't even realize that the music was creating for them so she would able to you know draw their blood and get in and get out <laughs> nice yeah I- <clears throat> I kind of get a good response from people when I street perform about how mm-hmm. soothing and healing the music is in the area. Sorry, I didn't say that. I mean, I, w- I wasn't talking in the mic. I was saying that I get a good response from people um, when I'm street performing about how, you know, soothing the music is and how relaxing it, cha- how it changes the environment and everything. Because yeah, usually when people definitely. walk through there, you kind of, you it's not, it's downtown LA, so. I'm not sure yeah. you've quite seen some of the clips, but you know, it's 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 kind of like West Jackson almost. Is it? Well, not not quite like West Jackson, but you know, when you come to once you adapt to living in places like West Jackson in Chicago, then you know you don't you're not yeah. really triggered by so many right. other things that other pe- people are triggered by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. you yeah. Know, <laughs> So, L.A. has been amazing for us. I could say that overall. God, I'm so glad. L.A. has really been amazing. We lived in uh, the Atlanta area for about seven years, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area for about three years, and been out here going on three years. And okay, so it has been three see, years. Yeah. Good. As, I'm as you so can glad. See, this is where we are. <laughs> Yeah, because I remember when you were in D.C. and stuff, and you were like, you were make trying to make that decision of, you know, what you're going to do. Am I going to stay here or am I going to, you know, take that leap to go to L.A.? And you were really kind of just really trying to decide, but you took that leap of faith, and you've been flying ever since. So I definitely commend you, you and your wife for, you know, being strong and supportive of each other and just willing to agree and taking a risk like that, going out there, knowing the economy, knowing what you know, going into it and trying to do what you're doing and have been successful in it 
dude, I aspire. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, kudos. That is, I'm so happy that you were able to succeed by doing there and knowing that it was one of the best choices you ever made. So that mean that's, that's awesome to know in here. That sacrifice was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Not that not knowing, but believing in God enough and being strong in your faith of each other and in God and believing that, you know, making this happen and whatever was going to happen or not, you know, y'all took that leap and, you know, there was a leap that was well worth it. And we're still leaping. <laughs> right. But, you know, leaping in faith and knowing and having, you know, looking to God and that guidance, you know, as to why you've been flying and being successful as you have been. And it's just getting started, you know, just three years into. So, you know, don't rush it, because if you're looking to stay having longevity, you know, you don't want to rush it. You know, you want to take your time and do it right and right. let that time pass, because if you're going to be in it for for the long haul then, you know, take your time. Appreciate it. We definitely will slow down because sometimes you do, we do feel rushed. Yeah, because you're in an environment of got to do this, got to do that. Mm, No, (laughs) you don't. (laughs) Constantly. From the phone to the outdoors. But I guess when, even when we're inside, it's, I want to make a beat. I want to practice my cello. I want to do a podcast. I want to take some pictures. I want to shoot video. I want to meditate. I want to work out. I want to do a thousand things in my head. Right. But you need to sleep. You need to rest. You need to enjoy your life, enjoy your wife, and, you know, enjoy the time together, just enjoying you and resting. And, you know, you you need need your strength. You need your energy. You need that to sustain all that and yeah, you're doing a lot and it can take a toll on you. Yes, you're young and vibrant and healthy, but, you know, if you're trying to be in the long game, you know, you don't have to feel like you have to get it all done tomorrow. Right. I definitely agree with that. That's why I retired. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) I definitely feel you. (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. But it does feel weird to say that because I, I know I stopped playing cello for seven years and came back to it. And now it's like yeah. I'm, I'm still playing the cello, but just to keep my chops up and street performing. Yeah, so, I feel you. I can't wait to get back and, you know, go back to listening through some sounds. I, I, I came across an a, um, Instagram post the other day and it was saying what people think music producers do and it just had the guy sitting there jamming and then he said actually reality and he had him going like this had the sounds like just going through sounds so basically i'm looking forward to that that part again i'm just sitting there going through sounds and trying to create a sound bank of tracks to of of instruments to create with yeah, definitely. I totally agree the same way myself. I'm just now working on trying to just improve my equipment and get a new keyboard and things like that. Because I, too, want to get back into, you know, making beats and things like that. I haven't you familiar done that with Machine? Machina? Is that? Native, what is that? Yeah, uh-huh. It's a Native Instruments. It's kind of like a, oh, man. It's it's not a, it's a controller, MIDI controller, basically. But it's a, it has pads oh. and everything. And it's, it's not a beat. Well, it's kind of like a beat machine, but. Still, it's 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 not um my bad. Forgive my my tongue getting twisted. It's not a standalone no, instrument. You have to have it hooked up to the um, 
computer. Oh, okay. So, no, okay. But well, you can always download Sounds. It's a beast. I recommend okay. you check it out. If you mess with it, get the MK3. It's a smaller version. That, uh, upgraded, though. And I think it's a little cheaper than the, the big boy that I got. But it's a beast. I love it. I haven't had a chance to spend enough time with it. We've been on a roller coaster ride since I've got it. I got it, and my computer wasn't powerful enough to to run it. And then I upgraded my computer, and then it's just life was still, you know, had to make that learning curve to figure out how it worked because you know I'm still used to like the motif and stuff. So I had to. Yeah, I'm still a motif fan. Yeah, so I had that learning curve with um, software producing, and I made the learning curve, and then. Everything else happened. COVID was, no, not COVID. Well, COVID happened too, but um, Girl Hurry Up was the last song that I released. And mm-hmm. what's funny is that going into, I guess, going into retirement, most of the songs, the last songs that I produced were like acapella songs, like all okay. vocals or just cello and vocals, but n- not really much machine. Yeah, because I think one of the last ones you sent me was uh, I Can Still Feel. Yeah, but you haven't heard uh, "Girl, Hurry Up." And not that one. Oh, I need man. your. Uh, yeah, girl, hurry I need up your latest stuff. Yeah, it's on I Spotify. Okay, Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, and uh, I did a lyric. I can video. send it to her. But yeah, she did a lyric video too. That got the uh, wedding and stuff like that. The uh, trip to Milos, Greece. I send it to you. Awesome. But yeah, now see, like "Girl, Hurry Up" for me, that was where I felt good leaving off. It was almost like a a fighter retiring you know and it was your last fight he was like all right yeah this mm. is cool this one this is yeah i'm gonna leave it right here i'm gonna leave it in the ring right here with this one mm, okay yeah. <laughs> with this win <laughs> this is a win for me i'm gonna leave it right here and, okay. and you know for that with that song i can i can put you know i can put it on listen to it and mm-hmm. it's a whole nother world it's like I can, yeah I can, that whole vibration it's a yeah it's a whole mm-hmm. new, Okay. It's a wedding, wedding feel type of song. Okay. That's sweet. That's sweet. But, yep, it's all cello. Actually, oh, okay, yeah. You know, I played around with uh, Canon, Canon chords. So, basically, that's what it is. Okay. Okay. I see you, retired man. One, okay, I got another question. Okay. So, this Beethoven, Beethoven is black rumor. <laughs> Have you heard anything about it? I've I've heard of yeah I've heard that yes I've heard that I can believe that I can believe it. Okay, yeah. I, I you know I I stopped caring about the. You know I was never I really mean, strong into classical music. I even though playing it as long as I mean I'm I, like I said it was actually coming back to the cello I realized I'm just not in love with classical music and that was one of the things why I didn't love the cello and that's why I don't like playing in orchestras and that's that was one of the things that disconnected me from it and I always had a bunch of questions because I'm a Pisces I question stuff things didn't make sense we taken and that's come from uh, my performing arts classes that's what yeah. fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade eighth grade we taking music history class and we're talking about these great minded Jesus sounding composers we was blind and was writing symphonies and stuff on the wall and had kids and all it was deaf and did all it. It was like, yo, 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 hold up. These just don't just don't connect. This don't make sense. I'm I, I got questions. But you couldn't really yeah. you couldn't really ask them questions like that and get real answers back then. 
Right. But I'm wondering, like, okay, why did the genius stop? As technology got better, as everything got better, we just got to a point where we was like, no, nah, we just going to stick with Bach, Beethoven, and people before this as great symphony writers. And yep. there's nobody in between these times that could have been better than these guys. Even though technology has gotten better, life has gotten better, brains have gotten better, these were the only geniuses that could have written classical music to its best. Right, but, you know, as it as relates to that, when it comes to the education like that, there's still a level of propaganda. So, you know, you're picking and choosing you know, you have a whole institution that picks and chooses what we learn and what they want us to know as our history, you know, so that's why it's important for us to do our own continued research with anything. You know, you have those basics. They're trying to just give you the basics. And they're, I mean, it's the same way of, you know, starting with Greek and Roman mythology, but never, you know, talking about African mythology from which Greek and Roman and so forth come from, but we always right. like to start at the Greek, but we always never talk about rarely about the African mythology from which it all came from. So, you know, in the same way of the classical music, you know, starting with these particular people when we know there were more before in between and still are, but when they want you to know the history, a specific kind of history that fits into the narrative of a society, a societal structure that is meant for you to operate and live in a particular way, of course, you're going to pick and choose certain ones. So, you know, that's why it's important to study beyond that. And for me, it was like that with jazz, because when you're learning jazz, you learn about the basics. Miles Davis, John Coltrane, Dizzy Gillespie, you know, Duke Ellington, all these people. But we know there were more before and there's more now and more to come that it's just it's more than just them, you know, so... But they just kind of want you to get an understanding of their definition of what the music means and, you know, it's all type of stuff. Yeah, and that was one of the main reasons why I never fell in love with classical music and why I never liked practicing my cello growing up. I just love the, the the music of it, and I love the French horn because I love the way it sounded. I like being a part of this huge group of people creating this sound because hearing a symphony live, there's nothing like it. You have 30 flutes meant to sound like one flute, and you have, you know, hunt a 100-piece orchestra you know, each section section playing to sound like one, but being it live and in person and hearing those strings and the timpani and all of that, they're telling us, it's telling a story. And if you understand the story, when you listen to the music, then kind of more appreciate what the song is about. That's why I love playing the Rite of Spring with uh, Stravinsky and the Heart of the Morn with Ravel, which was all about a sacrifice of this lady. <laughs> the whole symphony is a story about this woman being sacrificed. <laughs> and it's no funny. lyrics. It's like, I don't know what happened in my childhood. But something from the age of five, I, I guess I just was overloaded with it from the Saturday. Uh, yeah. So that the Saturday um, 
orchestra rehearsal, Saturday morning orchestra rehearsals for three hours that stripped your cartoon watching to the, the, the two cello lessons a week to the performing arts school. I never really dissected the orchestra all the way down like that. I, I promise you, I, some of the best sleep ever. That's all I can say. When it comes to orchestra, <laughs> or you can invite me to the symphony. My DNA uh-huh. from my childhood is programmed to say, yo, if you ain't going there with a fully loaded thing of coffee, we going to go to sleep. We are going, exactly. we definitely going to go to sleep. Like song number two, we, we sleep. This is, this is your, it's embedded Second in your movement. DNA. <laughs> you have somebody done. next to you who you can lay your head in their lap because that's this my my mama's memory. We go back to the chamber orchestra in um, at the Capitol right there. Mm-hmm. And the the what flash in my head. I'm me sitting there looking at the orchestra from a side point of view because my my head mm-hmm. is in my mama's lap. I'm I'm going to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. No, I'm not going to last. But that was that's because it was an overload of orchestra. Yeah, and yeah, and for me, it was never something that I wanted as a career for myself because, for one, kind of like you, I was when it comes to I'm just playing <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to the theory aspect. Like to me, I don't even know. You know, it was just uh, luckily my band director was someone that when he gave us our music, he would always play the song while we had the music in front of us so we would get an idea so that's really how i learned like because you know telling me a quarter note and a half note and all that kind of stuff i'm like that's chinese and greek to me i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so luckily the band director would play the song so i could see the parts i was like because i knew the fingerings of the notes for my instrument but the, all of them 16th notes and all that i'm like what is this so hearing the song is like oh that's how that goes da, 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 da. Okay, I got it. <laughs> so that always helped me because without that, the theory and stuff, you know, that is the part that it was always struggle for me. But I was always someone that was, you know, especially now making beats and stuff. You know, I can only hear things that go with a song, like trying to figure out something. That's why I kind of just when it comes to playing in bands that like to play cover tunes for me, it's it's actually harder for me to actually hear and play what is on the song versus what I hear goes with it. So when I join a band, you know, I'm coming as the fluff. Like, I'm not the main patter. You can keep your main patter person, but I come to do the fluff and adding to what you're already doing. And that's my strength. So, you know, I was just like, so for, and that's why for me, I didn't want to come continue to do so because it was just like all that theory and stuff was just uh, I struggled you know getting an understanding with that Dr. Branch ruined me by saying you can never be rich teaching music <laughs> <laughs> well, and he repeated you know. often I mean, I'm going to repeat this I'm going to say it often you can never get rich yeah. teaching music <laughs> like, right. All right, bro. you done said it enough you say it one more time I'm going to walk out of here right now <laughs> Exactly. Why are we here then? Because <laughs> right. I know that's all y'all making right here is teachers. <laughs> so right. Like, right. So, yeah, it's like, um, all right, I'm going to rock this out for about another semester or two. <laughs> I need that yeah. refund check and then I'm going to be out after I get my keyboard <laughs> and, my, right. and my computer. Exactly. Yeah, I, brought my, I bought my first keyboard with my refund check. You better believe it. My- <laughs> oh, tip seven. <laughs> right, my my Yamaha is still kicking to this day. 
<laughs> Five tracks and all, but I made it work. Yeah, I'm going to get my money worth out this college stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes, and then some. <laughs> yeah, but got to gotta love it. Shout out to Jackson State. Y'all made some real oh, yeah. warriors. Real oh, warriors. Yeah, most definitely. Very talented writers, you know, for the marching and just the directors themselves, you know, knowledgeable, like uh, Dr. Branch, yeah. you know, and Dr. Dr. Liddell. Branch. Yeah, you know, they were very knowledgeable and, you know, even being fortunate enough to, you know, getting to watch him perform, you know, still gigging, you know. Yeah, that's where I got know, my whistle still... technique from, Dr. Branch. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's up. It's like, yeah, it was a, a, like a life goal growing up. It's like, yo, I want to yeah. whistle like Dr. Branch when I grow up. yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah definitely definitely influential but you know i just i like doing i i like having my own thing and you know i've and doing it the way that i want to if you like it you like it you don't you don't i don't have to stay in this particular category you know and i can do it how i want to do it and that's what i love about it you recording in pro tools I have audacity. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, but, but, that's what. I, but yeah, either way, okay. So yeah, we got to get in something. You know, once I get back into the the lab, then um, mm-hmm. yeah, you when know, you come out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even. I'm gonna be in retirement. I'm gonna stay in retirement. It's just you know. Oh, okay, it's just I'm when you feel like it. I'm gonna do music. You know, that's right. I'm gonna still definition. do music. <laughs> well, no, it's not even my own definition. Jay Z do it. Uh, Floyd still fight. Uh, right, everybody when you that feel is like retired, it. they keep they they things sharp. But you know, if somebody yeah. was like, "Yo, I want you to come do a gig," I'm gonna be like, "Nah." And it's yeah, same, that's basically yeah. It's like I'm not stressing. I need to be there at this time. What I'm finna play and what the crowd gonna be like. And I wonder if uh, it's like, nah, I'm past all of that. I don't even feel. I'll yeah, go, I know what the, I can go out here to Seventh and Fig. I know what the crowd gonna be like. Great. That's true. You know <laughs> That's what it, works grateful. for you. They just gonna be grateful. That's all I need them to be is just grateful, and I get it. Even even better. Yeah, I get it. So people look at it. They still look at it weird, you know. And our signage changed next week. It'll be promoting the full podcast all the time. You know, nothing about okay. about you know music stuff really. Just me street performing, and this is the company that I work for, American Gypsy Park. And people gonna feel weird about it, you know? They wait, but do you do gigs? And like, nope, I just promote this company. I get paid. You know how y'all see the people stand out here with the sign? You know, huh? mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that's all I'm doing. I'm just providing b- pretty music while I stand out here with this sign. Go shop with this company. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. So you know, that's, that's, that's good. That's this. This is the the bread and butter right now. This is what we feel great doing. This is a great freedom. It's allowing us to connect with you, everybody else, or you know, whoever want to be connected with. Basically, some people don't want to be yeah. connected with. So, but right, and that's the problem. We're really going to enjoy this. We're going to have this conversation often because we have a lot that we need to learn from each other, especially about everything that you know, from history to just music that I have forgotten. I want to learn about our, a little bit about Audacity to see what it do compared to Pro Tools. We just got everything to roll. 
Yeah, and just, you know, for me, Audacity was just one that I was, um, when I was at Jackson State, that's what they were using at the time. So I kind of, like I said, I was always into the edu- the engineering aspect. So, you know, I would kind of peek over and just see what we were working with and had a little hands-on experience with it. So that's why I just uh, went to that because I was familiar, a little familiar with the software. So um, more so than Pro Tools, even though I know Pro Tools is considered easy and a good one to start with. but um, I spent more time with Audacity, so I just, you know, I just went with what I kind of knew. Is it more for composing or for recording vocals and everything else? Uh, yeah, uh, you can do all of that. You can record your instrumentation, your vocals. Um, you can do everything with it, but okay. I just mostly use it right now for recording like my commercial spots and you know anything that i do with recording for the station as as it relates to more so just commercial spots i do it for now until i get my the keyboard that i want and the software and all that little stuff like you have for your little studio then i will work in doing all of that with that but for right now i use it for when i cut my commercials okay so are you using your your phone right now your headphones or are you using like your mic that you use uh talking to you right now yeah i'm just on my phone okay now i was curious if you could run like through your system and use the mic you use the what microphone do you use to record in audacity audacity or, i just uh, use audacity. the the um i just use the the microphone built into the laptop Okay, okay. You know, a lot of, you know, I just, I know how to use my voice. I, I know how the microphones work and I know my voice. So I, I know where to, how much to project or right. how to speak into it to give it the quality that it needs without needing to really use anything. So, you know, um, I just use the, uh, the microphone in the laptop and, you know, I just edit little certain things and make sure it's into the time frame that I wanted and just getting all the little, the little background things and the breaths and all that kind of stuff to make it smoother. But other than that, I just use the microphone on the computer and I just know how to use my voice for it. Okay. I thought we're going to have you doing um, voice, at least speech lessons. <laughs> I would be happy to. Yeah, most definitely. Definitely. I mean, I have listened to so many voices. I can hear when people have a lisp and a speech impediment, like, you know, just listening to people's voices and things like that. But it's just all about articulation because people are not looking at your face. So it's all about your voice. So your voice is your face. And it is your personality. So, again, people are not seeing your face. Cause, and that's the other thing oh, when um, your wife was going asking about um, the concept of the story. Uh, before uh, television was radio. Radio was first. So if you think about back in the 1920s, 1930s and stuff, before really television was popular, people sat around and listened to the radio. You had people creating radio shows with, you know, sound effects and, you know, the jingles and all that kind of stuff where people in a studio creating like the shadow and all those teeth, all those radio shows were people, you never saw them, but you had to tell a story with your voice, with sound effects. So that's what I'm doing with the music, except it's just music. That's the that is uh, usually when you watch a movie or you're listening to a, a show, the music is the background. But this in this case, the music is at the forefront because the whole story is the script and everything is created out of these out of these songs. You have to use your imagination. 
Right. So when you're listening to Blue of Radio, I'm, it's not just about playing music. Like, I, I'm thinking about when it was, you know, when there was no television, when you had to create a story and you yeah. had to create, you know, that's where you allow, you can use your imagination because the music and the way it's told and the way it sounds is creating a story and, and an imagination for you. So you're just kind of having your imagination create the visual. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my mentality behind it. Is is it's almost kind of like you know I want you to feel like you're watching television, and that's what I want to do with the the music when I do get back into it. Storytelling. I look uh, listened to some Nas and stuff the other day, and it just reminded me on how great of a storyteller he was. And it just I just want to mm-hmm. even with Indiari, yeah. I listened to Acoustic Soul and just the stories that yeah. she's telling through her music. That's, That's the great thing about songwriters. They're telling a story. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's all about the story. I mean, it's a it's a story about a moment in time, you know, and Duke Ellington was very good at that, you know, but I see now how he was able to write hundreds of songs because, honestly, if you go back at his music, all his songs were never no longer than, like, two and a half minutes. So I was like... You know, in if you're looking at sheet music, one page of sheet music is what two minutes long. So Duke was, you know, had enough time to churn out a lot of different songs because they were about a page long, probably two or three pages, because they were no longer than between two and three minutes. So I was like, oh, and y'all, if you want to talk about a flower and how beautiful it is in the sunshine in the summertime in the afternoon before you have a cup of tea. You got two minutes about a story about a flower <laughs> as you drink tea in the sun in the winter, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's a moment in time. Downtown L.A. is full of stories. <laughs> yeah, from the the person surfing in the ocean to the man sitting on the side of the road asking for change. Those are moments in time and those are stories. Yeah. So, you know. That's how I look at it, man. I can't. I I know I I have so many other questions and stuff to keep going, but I'm not gonna hold you too long on the first go round. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. Give you everything like on the first go round, but it's <laughs> right, so but it's, much, it's still plenty. It's still yeah. a lot to dis- that I I have questions about. Even just dealing from, I I got questions about Chicago and what's going on post-pandemic as well because I haven't heard anything about Chicago actually once I think about it I haven't heard anything on the effects of uh, the pandemic in Chicago so Uh, I mean people you know you know it's it's you know people did have to I mean a lot of of the city was shut down you know and it's still kind of shut down in a sense are the gyms open um I think so yeah but it's like things are starting to open up now but like the capacity of who can come in is limited, mm. you know, needing to wear a mask and, you know, things like that. So um, let's tap into that next time. Okay. That's not cool. a problem. Yeah, let's tap into that next time. What, what, so when, when would you like, well, I guess we can discuss that after we get off as far as when we want to set up another time, but we definitely got to set up another time or schedule another time if we can. Yeah, definitely. Right now with my work schedule, I'm really during the week, Monday through Saturday, anytime after seven and Sundays are my off days. So, okay. So I know I got one. 
you want to you want to have a conversation? Well, I guess like I said, once we get off the air. So, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. No problem. And, thank you for the invite and the knowledge and just it's been just really good catching up and even moving forward is going to be mm. even better. So most definitely. Go ahead and tell them where you where they everybody can follow you and everything your social media and when we're going to tell them our social media definitely uh like i said if you want to listen to the station it's bluewolf.airtime.pro uh it's online it's 24 7 you just type in that and it will take you right to the station um you can follow blue wolf radio on ig at blue wolf radio is one word um it's a page on facebook as the same when you just want to just follow me um at on IG and Twitter at Blue Wolf Three, but it's spelled B L U W O L F with the number three on IG and uh, Twitter. But what's good about Twitter is that it gets it does um, give the playlist of all the songs in real time. So if you don't get a chance to hear the station and you want to kind of know what songs are being played on Twitter, the songs are always being posted in the time that they're playing, so you can always see what was on there. So. So, yeah. That's cool. Well, we definitely appreciate you for coming in. And as always, you guys can find us on um, at American Gypsy on social um, or at Luam Lee uh, for merch. Uh, online store at luamlee.com, L-U-A-M-L-E-E.com. And everything will be in the description as well. And you can find our YouTube channel. Um, some of these podcasts will be in video format moving forward, as well as we have a bunch of music videos and vlogs on AmericanGypsy.com. Gypsy spelled G-Y-P-C. Um, what G-Y-P-C. I think you faded out. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and that's all. And that's all. We'd like to thank everybody for listening in. And we wish everybody... A great night, consistent self-improvement every day in every way. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel again. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you again and good night.